I found my relationship to God through a kind of wrestling with God, to be honest, you know, being really honest about where I was at, you know, whatever anger I had towards God, whether whatever kind of sorrow or wounds I had, I think I spent a long time bringing all that to him in prayer. When I came out of it, I felt like I had a more like intimate knowledge of God. And I felt like I had let him in. And to me like that, then kind of created a a foundation of trust so that in these other moments when I was like going to be an SLM or being an SLM and having to do things where I was like, I, I'm so confused. I don't know if I can do this, God. Mm-hmm. It gave me that foundation of trust to say, okay, God, I, I trust you, you know, um, I'll do it. But again, I think that all comes from prayer because that's where we find our relationship with God. That's where we find our trust in him. Welcome back to Valdoco, everybody. I'm Tim. I'm Vicky. And I'm Father Steve. <laughs> Good job. You nailed it. That was so no, nailed thank it. You. I wish everybody could see your face. Eight that years really of acting good. class. <laughs> just... <laughs> so good. Welcome, yeah. Tim. Welcome. Uh, so we have Tim from, where are you from? Tell the people. Tell the people. I'm from Carlsbad, California. Okay. And where's that? North or South? It's South. It's like San Diego. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. I always heard you were in San Diego. So to get a real town name, now I feel like we I really know you. Oh uh, yeah. I'm I'm inviting you guys in. Thank I you. I appreciate Thank that. You. So yeah, Tim, we uh we met Tim a while ago and he just came back from his and he'll explain all of this, but he'll just came back from a trip down to not a trip, a whole year <laughs> as a Salesian lay missioner down in uh down in Mexico. And, um, but yeah, thank you for taking the time to talk with us and to be here and to share your story. We've been going through Advent, uh, each with a different theme. And so this is the the third, um, third episode, third Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just trying to help each other to, to listen to the gospel, to kind of have our foundation on scripture, but also to hear stories of, of people and how they've journeyed and how the faith has, uh, kind of yeah influence them and how they're living their life so thanks for taking the time um, of course i'm happy to be here and uh yeah anything you want to say vicky welcome tim <laughs> thank you vicky so happy you're here <laughs> i'm so happy to be here this is great <laughs> can't wait for people to hear your story and then yeah just to share and actually vicky and i just got back from montreal so we saw a foot of snow yeah and there you are, Tim, basking in the perfect paradise of San Diego, Southern California land. You know what? You act like I want this. You act <laughs> like I asked for this. I do. I can't <laughs> wait. I go home for tomorrow. <laughs> so many years of my life, I just wanted snow. I just wanted snow on Christmas, snowmen, deer. But I mean, <laughs> so I got a bit of that when I, I went to school in New York. So I got a bit of that winter wonderland. But no, now it's just back to not sunshine. On Christmas. sunshine yeah. all day, every day. My family, we have a tradition of um, of Christmas pajamas. Um, wow. So everybody, maybe for the last three or four years, we all wear the same pajamas. But, you know, Christmas pajamas are made for Christmas. And Christmas falls in December, which is historically cold for most people. Um, but in Miami, Florida, it is not cold. So you sit there on Christmas morning. Um, a little sweaty, um, <laughs> begging for the AC to be turned down to lower than 68 because uh, that's what it is. You're sitting there just hoping it's on auto or not auto, but fan, you know, <laughs> just pushing that AC towards you, trying to fight for the seat that's going to get the best airflow. Um, 
in your but I love Christmas pajamas. Yeah, yeah, long, just long pants, long sleeves. You know, it's a no tough socks. Life. Tough life. Yeah, tough, tough life. life. Really. But I can't wait. So you can take my snow if you want. You can come. You come to New York. Yeah, let's see come. if we get. I'll take like three feet of snow. <laughs> okay, get all back with me. Usually, when I leave, there is snow. Like it's pretty. It's happened like three or four times already. Yeah. But I think it's been a while since we've had a, a Christmas snowy Christmas snow. here. Yeah. yeah. I think Amy was saying that too. Right. Amy's not here today. Yeah, let's shout out to Amy. Amy, hey. Amy's always, <laughs> she's the faithful. She was a faithful listener and then she became a faithful contributor. She's like, she's faithful. the glue. She's she the glue is, that keeps us together. So I'm not sure how we're going to keep it together. She's this episode. arguing about banter. <laughs> not arguing. No, she would stop the arguing. She would, yeah. yeah. You need the third person there to come in and, and give the, the final opinion, the yeah. judge, yeah. you know? Because exactly. you have the two attorneys here. Who <laughs> makes the... Always divided. You need so. the judge. Always divided. <laughs> <laughs> go. Always, always divided. divided. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it. Salesian family, March. always divided. New merch idea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, good. So, yeah, we'll continue. So, uh, like always, we'll have uh, we'll read the gospel to start us off. And uh, we'll have Vicky do that, and uh, and then we'll we'll introduce you and start with the conversation. Cool. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A name, a man named John, was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is a testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. They said to him, Who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, beautiful. Thank you. And uh, I guess we'll just start after reading the gospel. Maybe just introduce yourself. So kind of who you are, where you're from, how you ended up being Tim. At, sitting uh, yeah, sitting in front of us. Ready? Go. Wow. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so my name is Tim Hughes. Um, I'm from Carlsbad. Um, you know, grew up cradle Catholic. Um, you know, Southern California, beautiful sunshine. Um, and I guess the biggest thing to kind of share about my story early on was that, you know, when I was a kid, I could never figure out what exactly I like I wanted to do. I was like, you know, maybe I'll be like a stand up comedian. Maybe I don't know. I knew that I liked to make people laugh, but I didn't know like what that fit into. But then in the sixth grade, I auditioned for this musical called Ooh. Cactus Pass Jamboree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was great. I still remember the songs from it. <laughs> um, and I went to the audition and it just like kind of clicked. I just, I did it. And then I ended up getting a, this, the role of one of the villains in it. And mm. I had 16 lines, <laughs> you know? 
And uh, that was a big deal for a sixth grader to get that. Um, but then I did it and I just found like, wow, like, this makes so much sense suddenly. Like, I just felt like all these parts of my personality suddenly like came together. And I had like this thing. And that's like when I discovered like a love for acting. And after that, it just kind of snowballed. Like I ended up going to an, uh, an arts high school up in Orange County. Um, and I continued to study acting there and I met other actors and my love for it just kind of continued and continued and continued. Um, and then I ended up going to university for it, went to college for it in uh, New York at uh, Pace University. Wow. Um, studied acting. Yeah. For four years there, too. Wow. And so um, for a, like, I would say like the first part of my life, like for a while, that was like just my big trajectory. Like my, it was my passion. It was what I considered my vocation. It was just like everything. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's honestly been the one of the biggest parts of my life is like kind of me as an actor and exploring that passion. Yeah, no, beautiful. And I think now it's kind of the basis. And this uh, this kind of episode is really focusing on we heard in the gospel today of like, who are you? Um, the Pharisees and people going to St. John the Baptist and trying to figure out who he was. And then you kind of get an idea of that John Bosco, uh, St. John the Baptist was revealing like who who he knew he was and then who was coming after him. And so also revealing who Christ was. Um, and so this whole episode now is kind of just on identity, building our identity on Christ. And so, I don't know, maybe you can, you gave us the short story and maybe um, a little bit about your, yeah, your journey of faith, especially, okay, you said you were growing, you grew up cradle Catholic. What did right. that mean for you after, okay, kind of maturing in high school and going to college and and trying decided, to yeah like what you decided to do after college yeah. and because being an actor i would assume is not you're probably not surrounded by surrounded by so many christians maybe um i don't know so maybe you just yeah. want to speak on speak on that journey a little bit for sure um yeah i mean i think as soon as i got into high school like i found myself for the first time in an environment where like there wasn't other christians or, or religious people in general um and in general, there was a lot of, I think, like from just like friends and other people that went there, there was kind of like indifference or at times kind of like hostility. And there was a lot of questions. People like always asking me, how can you like believe in God if this and that? And I kind of got, I think, got into almost like a defensive role with like my faith of always feeling like I need to defend it. And then that just like kind of became like hyper extended in, in college um, because that was a completely different environment with that. And I would say with my faith journey, you know, when I was a kid, like I saw God in everything. It was so easy to see God. I yeah. just felt like God is here. God is present <laughs> with us. This is great. I love being Catholic. <laughs> um, and then when I got into high school and when I got into college, that's when certain doubts started to come in, certain difficulties, suffering, um, some stuff from like childhood, you know. And I suddenly was feeling like, oh, it's not so easy to like see God anymore. You know, like, where is God? Like, how can I find God? And I would say, like, around in college, I stopped, like, really stopped practicing my faith, practically. I mean, I was still going to Mass on Sunday and stuff. But um, I wasn't, I didn't have, like, a prayer life. You know, I was really stuck in a lot of, like, habitual sin. Um, and I was really being affected by, like, my environment. Yeah. Just, you know, like, the kind of, you know, like, if you don't, I mean, going back to this identity in Christ, like, if you don't have your identity rooted in Christ, if you don't have 
price as your model or anything as your model, then you're just going to be pulled by your environment this way, that way, Yeah, you know, like, and then you're just going to kind of be guided by the desires that are just kind of loudest in your brain at the moment, you know? And I think that was really my experience. Um, but I would say the turning point for me was my senior year um, after like when the pandemic hit, because I graduated in 2020. Um, I started dating this girl who was a devout Catholic in my acting class. Mm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, she kind of knew I wasn't totally practicing at the time, but she gave me that space for it. But what I saw was her example. Like she just loved her faith. Yeah. She absolutely loved it. And she would, the way she would talk about her faith, it was so free. And you know, she was like, oh, I just, I, you know, I love going to mass and the prayer and I love God. And, <laughs> and I was like, I was kind of like, how? <laughs> That's like, like how? what are you? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just like, how, how is, how is it that for you? Because for me, it felt like just this burden, you know? And I slowly, like kind of through our relationship, I came back to a prayer life and to, you know, confession and confronting certain like habitual sin. And, you know, and I think that for me, the biggest thing was just her example was just seeing someone that loves their faith, yeah. you know, loves their faith and was happy in it and who was able to be completely themselves and like a devout Catholic rooted in Christ at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that was, so that was like a, that for me, that was the turning point that, that led me to getting back to my faith, getting back to a prayer life. And, um, and yeah. Wow. That's cool. Cause yeah. I think, yeah, a lot of times we we're gonna be searching all the time. We're searching for somewhere to put our faith. No, we're we're searching for some place or somebody to kind of put our identity, and so we're gonna search for that. So if you're not okay, you're not rooted in Christ, then you're gonna be rooted in something else, either in a, a friendship or in your career or in ego or I don't know. You're gonna root yourself somewhere because you're gonna be pulled in some sort of direction. So I think it's. Like young people today, a lot of people that we work with or, or talk to, or I definitely see it in my own life that, uh, you know, where where are you going to land? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, I landed very far from the church. I landed very far from Christ. And I think a lot of people today do the same. They go to college and there is not a strong foundation or a strong identity. And then they're searching for that friendship or that validation or that career path or that whatever, that happiness. And you may land wherever um and so you yeah it's nice to see that you went through that journey and a lot of times it is the example of somebody else that helps us along the way it was definitely in my case as well just having somebody to reach out to or somebody who kind of challenged me and then little by little starting to uh yeah find that foundation that is really healthy and and good and holy um, and i think that as well that sense of like you have like career, you have your passion, you have your friends. These are all like good things. Yeah. They're all like good things, but like, yeah. you know, it can't be your foundation. Right. right. Because like if a friendship is your foundation, then like you're going to do whatever you need to do to keep that friendship alive. Yeah. Even if that means like changing who you are, changing your values, doing things that aren't good, you know? And so to me, I think I really went through a process of understanding that like for the longest time, acting was my foundation. Yeah. It was my passion. It was what I saw as my vocation. It was the one thing that like made me happy as I was going through a really dark time. And then, you know, I would say like with the pandemic, um, where acting opportunities were taken away and I graduated in the pandemic and there was like nothing for me to do acting wise. I felt like God in a really intentional way, like took that foundation away from me Yeah, and just kind of said, all right, so what's your foundation now? Like, 
are you going to find your foundation in me? Or are you going to continue to find your foundation in all these other things that won't make you happy? Because it's yeah. just like, you know, St. Augustine said, like our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I felt like I was just restless. I was just so restless because I was trying to find my happiness and all these things that just like weren't God at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. How did you then? Okay. So you graduated, the pandemic was happening. What did that look like for you then? What did like, so, okay, the world changed and then mm-hmm. the foundation was removed. How did you recover? How did you, because it could have gone anywhere else. I mean, you could have been like, yeah. okay, well, that's not going to be it. And, you could have been angry. So then how did you move in the direction of like really placing God then as the foundation? Um, question. I think, well, like I ended up breaking up with my girlfriend, like, you know, around like November, 2020. And then I think after that, then I ended up moving up to LA shortly after that. And I just had like a lot of time in my hands and I don't know. Like, I just really felt like, you know what? Now I don't have this person that's accompanying me mm. in my journey. So, like, I need to start taking action here. So, I really started basics, like just prayer life. Like, I was just spending like every morning. I had like actually, this little prayer book that I still have, like right here, a little wow. pocket prayer book. Uh, <laughs> and I would. <laughs> you take this? What's a size reference so people know just how small? You know, it's smaller than a coffee. Book. Let's say okay. Let's wow. say yeah. Maybe about a coffee mug. That's perfect. It's my pocket prayer book, you know. <laughs> and I was just like going through it, and I was reading these prayers and praying the rosary. Started going to daily mass, you know. Um, started going to confession more often, and I kind of felt like, to me, like the analogy is like I was so kind of like, you know, always in the gospels, sick people are being brought to Christ, and He's healing them, you know, like just. Um, I can't remember a few days ago, the um, paralyzed man in the stretcher, Yeah, you know, um, like, so I felt like I was that paralyzed man. Like I was paralyzed. I was like stuck in a lot of original sin still. I was really far from my, still far from my faith. I was still really broken. And I felt through prayer, I was like trying to invite God to like, I didn't realize at the time, but I think I was really inviting God to heal me, mm. to reestablish myself in relationship to him to get my priorities back on track. Um, and to me, that was the baseline. Like I, I look at that time and I say like, well, that's what ultimately led me to mission yeah. because it's like, cause I was just opening up the channel again to yeah. God being like, yeah. okay, God, what do you have to say to me? Like, you know, who am I? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, what do I do with my life? Um, and so I, I honestly, the pandemic helped me because it gave me the space and the time. Yeah to like reestablish my prayer life in that mm-hmm. you know? yeah. wow yeah and then so i know your story like we so i've known you for a couple of years now and uh so i know that it went from but i kind of forget now how you went from uh okay going back to california graduating thinking about your life career and then going on this focus mission trip to where did we go? We went to Ecuador or Peru. I always get it mixed up. We went to oh, Lima, I Peru. I thought you guys knew each other before. Yeah. Yeah. I met him on that mission trip. On the mission trip. Yeah. My first oh. lesion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Your first card collected. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went for the cream of the crop. Thing. Your first trading oh, card. Life. I know. You yeah. got if, a I'm gonna, if I'm going to meet a Salesian, it's, it's going to be, be Father Steve. The. Oh my gosh. But uh, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be the opener for no. the podcast right there? Yeah, <laughs> please no. Yeah, please no. But I for, I forget how that went because you weren't with the school like 
the school went, uh, like yeah. University of Colorado, and they were the ones that I was the random chaplain for. Right. This. This is. Yeah. And I get too. I get too. It was Berkeley. Up. It was Berkeley, and it uh, was Colorado School of Mines. Yes. All of these. It's like all college students and focus missionaries. <laughs> There's this the one best Tim guy. College graduate. <laughs> no way. Like, what are you doing here? It's like. I mean, so I was invited by my friend David Radebush, who's a focus uh, missionary. Yeah. And and it was funny again. God, like I just think of God's providence because. Mm-hmm. I ended up, so I moved up to LA to move back down to my parents, to live with my parents for a bit. Cause I was like acting, I need to figure out, is it going to be LA or New York, LA or New York. <laughs> and in the midst of that was like my focus. Um, David one day reaches out to me and he's like, Hey man, I'm going on this mission trip to Lima, Peru. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. We got one spot left. Tonight's the deadline. You want to do it? <laughs> and I literally, I was I wish I could have said it was like this God moment where I was like, God, you are calling me <laughs> to serve you. Yes, yes send me. <laughs> send me. Let my people go. <laughs> but it, it was like, I was just thinking like, yeah, I got time on my hands. I've never been on a mission trip. I guess I could go. I think that's <laughs> a better line. I don't know. I think that one's more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just like, I said yes. And I you know spent the next couple months fundraising for it and everything. And going into it, I had like zero expectations. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I've never been on a mission trip before. Don't really know what it's like. Don't know if it's for me. Yeah, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens, you know? Um, and then I went and it was, I mean, the most like wonderful, amazing experience, you know? Um, and it honestly was just like, I mean, the whole thing was so joyful. It mm-hmm. was like so amazing. I mean, what we were actually doing, like Father Steve can say, it's like we were, you know, we were building those stairs. Yeah, you know, cement all day. Strong, <laughs> and so strong. I still, I have this image of just Father Steve because there was like a, there would be like a little pile of cement of like the concrete, and then they would pour the water in, and then all the guys would have to like take the shovels and then flip it and flip it. And there's Father Steve there, just with the shovel, <laughs> flipping it and flipping it and flipping it sweating from his bald head like <laughs> you had your little wide brim like hiking hat on yep oh great look so funny yeah and so we just, we spent the week together and uh and i think that's beautiful that's why i'm a big fan of you know sometimes the mission trips they get a bad rap and i, I think it's true because there can be like this volunteer tourism kind of going in white european savior complex go to the poor people and we work For but sure. but there is something beautiful because at least the one we went on it's just helping with a project that's already happening so there's a lot of local people already doing the work they're building the stairs and you know so they just have groups come in and just help um help continue a project that's already underway and there's local people who are um like in the company and working and and so for us it was a beautiful we just kind of ourselves in there we helped where where we needed to be what needed to be done we worked with the the young people there and um and then really living a community life and the sacraments and focus does a really good job of making sure there's like the daily holy hour that there's adoration that there's mass every day that there's moments of reflection and um so for me it was really just a beautiful experience and to be a priest there was great because they really take care of you I didn't have to make any decisions. I'm not like responsible for anything. I just have to be a priest and celebrate mass and hear confession and just participate. So like really beautiful experience. Um, 
But then we know after that experience, okay, we had that week together. And then again, a terrible memory. Um, but just like after that, what, uh, yeah, how did that kind of change the direction? Because I think sometimes these service things, we have an idea of what we want to do. And then unfortunately, God meddles and he changes our yeah. our direction. Yeah. And uh, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, it's terrible. That guy. <laughs> What's he doing up there? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Like, let, let me do it. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then yeah so after the mission trip um i guess in terms of like this identity how did that strengthen or how did that kind of move you in a, a new direction or how did that deepen kind of this relationship or faith life or or that kind of stuff i mean it was like it was what i really like discovered down there. and i think like you put it right it's like service you know um it was like the first time where I feel like I was, it was like a week where I was just like trying to serve others, like at yeah. every moment. And I found that I loved it. Like I, and again, it was like the second time in my life where I felt like the first time was with acting where I feel like all this, these parts of who I am just coalescing yeah. into this one thing. And then being there like serving, that was the second time I just felt everything coalescing into this one thing. And I loved it so much. And I literally like journaled. I was like, God, like, I don't want to lose this. Like, I don't want to lose like service. I want service to be part of my life. Yeah. And I wrote like, even if it means like giving up acting, I would do it. I'm like, you idiot. Why did you say that? You knew he was going to do something. You were vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You knew he would hear you. Uh, that, yeah. Um, and so it was funny because I had afterwards, I was like, well, you know what? Maybe God, you know what? Maybe I'll do. I'll go back for a month. I'll go back to Lima, Peru for a month and I'll serve and I'll discern and it will be great. And then through like a series of events, I ended up getting uh, an email from Father Steve where uh, he asked me, uh, what would you think of being a Salesian lay missioner? And I was like, huh. And I looked on the website and it said minimum term, a year. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh God. Here we go. Marco, the slippery please. slope. <laughs> <laughs> I told you a month. Why do you got to draw it out to a <laughs> he year? Misunderstood. You know? He just misunderstood. It's fine. <laughs> like a used car sales. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, we got something else in the bag. You know, <laughs> two for one deal. Like, um, no, no. Um, but I looked into the SLMs, the Salesian Lay Missioner Program. And what was so awful and wonderful about it was that it just resonated so deeply with me. Yeah. I mean, just like speak on like the Salesians, you know, um, you know, not to make this into a like a Father Steve compliment fest or something, <laughs> but I honestly like I I really vibed with you. I well, I really vibed with Father Steve, um, and I was really, I mean, it was honestly like, the first time where I felt like a kind of this kind of closeness, or just from from your example, from you know, and uh, and I a huge thing with the Salesians for me now, having been a Salesian missioner, that I found is that. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot about what it means to be a Salesian and the charism just from the example of the Salesians I've been around. Mm. Um, and so discernment wise, I felt that connection. And then when I looked at the Salesian Lay Missioner program, it was like talking about, you know, uh, a house that, you know, a house that welcomes um, a, 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 a parish, school. Yeah. a school that educates. But the big one that got me was um, like a playground. Yeah. It was the playground image. Because fun fact, like I had the school I ended up going to for acting for, you know, for university 
what drew me to it was the fact that they talked about having fun and playing. And they said, if you're not having fun, why do it? Yeah. So when I saw that, I just felt like God was like, like <laughs> there you go. And it was just so much was resonating with me. And even though I was like, I don't want to, God, I honestly, I don't want to do this for a year, like give up a year of my plans and everything like that, my projects. Yeah. But I couldn't deny that it like resonated. I couldn't deny that. I just felt like God was speaking directly to me yeah. through it and saying like, this is for you, you know? Um, and again, I think those moments for me, like coming back to the identity question, it ultimately, it becomes the question, okay, what do you have your identity rooted in, rooted in truly at the end of the day? Like, yeah. are you going to have, I feel like God asked me, are you going to root your identity in me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust my will? for you and allow me to reveal to you these like depths of who you are that you wouldn't have known beforehand mm. or are you going to root your identity in who you think you are in what you want to do and then you're just going to be like spinning in circles you yeah. know so but yeah that was the invitation yeah and then you yeah you have something yeah just say i love like listening to you even just these parts that you're like little bits that you're revealing. I love like the image of like God that you have. That's so like joyful and playful and like using the little bits and pieces that you like give to him in your prayer. Like they're little, like maybe in the grand scheme, but they're huge. Like you're saying these like crazy things to him and the way that you interpret it of just instead of being like, man, God really got me there. Like, it's like the fun thing of like, you said that though, and you can come with. And I think it's, it's beautiful, especially speaking about, like having an identity like rooted in Christ um, and like building an identity in Christ of, yeah, this like shift, especially with like your time, like, okay, away um, and like rebuilding your prayer life, that that's the prayer life that you came into was this, like you're using your own identity, right? That he gave you of like this mm -hmm. joyful and you've made God joyful and playful and responsive to like your desires. But there's also a beauty in like how open you are like in it. And I think it's, it's amazing. And I think it makes sense why like Salesian lay missionaries like then became like where the, mo you know, the way that you walked. Um, and then just, I would like, I don't know, is cause you've been home for like a month, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, um, yeah. How was your like year and some change of <laughs> yeah. Time on service, like time in service. And was there more, you know, was there more of that, um, like God that you're like describing for us, like the relationship that you built with him. And yeah. Yeah. Cause first, hold on a spoiler alert. Tim did say yes. And oh, did sorry. go to Salesian, I... Salesian lay missionaries, but just a, not just a reminder for what, what that is. Cause sometimes people will know like SLM, right, yeah, yeah. Salesian lay missioner is a, yeah, a year of service where you can go to another country or stay in the United States and mm -hmm. do one year or two years of service living in a, a Salesian house with the priests or the brothers or, the sisters to serve the young people alongside them. Um, so it's just an opportunity yeah, to, to live out the Salesian, Salesian vocation, the, the mission of Don Bosco yeah. in another country, or sometimes we send people to our different communities in the States. Um, but Tim did say yes to becoming a Salesian lay missioner, which means mm -hmm. now he is part of the Salesian family forever. Whether he can't get out <laughs> every time I try to get, get out, they pull, they pull me you back in. in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then we can go with uh, just so people know, because sometimes. 
people do know, sometimes they don't, what a Salesian lay missioner is, but you are one of them. So yeah. describe to us your your experience and your well, they give like a little base ground. So I was working, I was serving in Colima, Mexico, mm-hmm. in a Caso Gar there, which is basically like a home for at-risk youth, um, where the kids stay there like Monday through Saturday, and then they spend the weekends with their families. Um, I was working with a group of about anywhere from like 18 to 20 boys, depending on the week. Um, but typically like the same group of boys for the whole time, um, you know, getting to spend time with the Padres and prayer in like the mornings and I'd go off and I'd work there, you know, mornings and nights and stuff. Um, and I mean, it was like amazing. It was just like, I mean, I can't even like put into words. Um, it was, I mean, it was so like revealing about who I felt like God had like made me to be Mm. again. It was this sense of like, like, wow, God, I just feel like this suits me really well. And I just feel it feels so personal. I think that's what it felt. It feels so it felt so personal into the type of work he was inviting me to take part in. Yeah. And how I felt like he had made me for this type of work. Yeah. Um, And just like so much joy and learning how to like, how to work with kids, how to live out that Salesian charism with them, you know, and just like continually like, just being joyful. And I think a huge thing with the Salesians that really drew me to, because I think when I heard Missioner, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to like go and like try and convert people. <laughs> <laughs> but I, in the orientation, you know, I, I remember something that was really emphasized was like relationship comes first, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I just get to focus on my relationship with each and every one of these boys and all the girls there, too. And I feel like I spent a year cultivating relationships with them seeing them at their worst, seeing at them, seeing them at their best. And like the, I mean, the honor of being entrusted to like, you know, take care of them, yeah. you know, to accompany them. Um, and I think I, a huge thing for me that I really, I, that I discovered for myself was I felt like I came out of it with an, an understanding of education is like education mm-hmm. to me is character formation. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, how can I be here for these kids? And through my example, through discipline and through kindness, firmness, all of it, how can I help them to like form their characters, you know, take advantage of the potential they have, lead them away from some of these more negative aspects they have, you know, and just try and like demonstrate like a different path, you know. And again, I mean, with identity rooted in Christ, like what I really saw is like kids, you know, kids need a model. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all of this energy and they're going this way and that way. And what they really need is like a model in front of them to say, like, this is like a good way to act. This is like how you can harness the gifts that God has given you. Yeah. And ultimately, that model has to be Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I felt like my mission was there was to just ask for the grace to try and be Christ for them. No. Just an embodied Christ. Um, and it didn't mean like I was talking about Christ all the time, but I just was like, let me just try and be that for them yeah. so that through osmosis, through whatever, <laughs> that they can hopefully start leading in that direction themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I could say, I could go on for two hours. About <laughs> That's like next, next time, next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the extended edition. <laughs> Extend- <laughs> Uh, but then you, yeah, you just came back about a month ago um, in October. So maybe two months now almost. 
Um, how has it been being back home? How has it been like, uh, yeah, because I think a big thing about the identity, and I, I want to talk about two things. One is like the ups and downs and transitions of, okay, we have a foundation, but that doesn't mean we're stuck in one place and we never move. Like mm -hmm. our foundation is very flexible and dynamic and we go through ups and downs. And so I just, if you could speak on maybe just the transition part first of leaving, okay, okay, you went from New York college to uh, California searching, then you went from California to Mexico and now you're on, on mission and now you're going back to California out of mission. And so like, there's a bunch of transitions there. So if you could speak on that part and then the second part is, okay, some you've, we've talked a lot about the joys and how great it was, but also in your journey and this foundation, there's also a lot of low moments and suffering and struggles and these kind of things. So, you know, to kind of speak of the reality of Okay, the beauty difficulties but if you could start first with the transitions and then speak a little bit about just some of the low moments or difficulties of uh getting through the dry spells or whatever you you know kind of went through for sure and i think um a way to respond to both of those is like something that i've really come to understand and and still need like trying to understand is that like wherever you got wherever you are in some way that's where god wants you yeah. And I think sometimes I know I have this impulse to say, like, I need to get over to where God wants me. It's like, no, God yeah. is all powerful. God has communicated to me at times where he's wanted me and he's taken me there. Yeah. So wherever God wants me is where he wants me. And so with this transition, speak on the transition first, like I was honestly considering of staying there longer, mm -hmm. staying there another six months because it was so hard for me to imagine saying goodbye to the to my kids. Yeah. you know um but i you know i discerned it and you know trying to understand okay is this god calling me to it or is this my own desires you know what is it and i just understood that no god wants me to go yeah so i've you know now i'm back home um and there's certainly like a level of i think the difficulty is like having been active in such like meaningful work like day in day out work that really suited me and now like i think that god has brought me to like a waiting period like a discerning period yeah um you know and i think for me that's like oh like i don't know i want to be back <laughs> doing something god. i don't want to just be sitting here waiting yeah you know? but like you know it's like saint paul wrote like hope is in the waiting and to me like i see this transition as like further discernment like okay god like where do you want me to go next yeah. and i and I understand even that throughout my whole experience, like there was so much I had to continually offer up to God, mm -hmm. you know, desires that I had, difficulties that I had, you know, I mean, there was like months where it was like, it was tough. Yeah. You know, there was like a period of time where they start asking, um, Adam, Adam, my site partner, and they asked us to stay like every night for the, a 30 minute chunk when no one else would be there. And it, it would just be us watching these kids yeah and man it was like every night there was like a wildfire in one corner an earthquake in the other kids screaming kids fighting with each other like me struggling because i i was still struggling with my spanish and just being like todos sentados no no hagan eso no hagan eso por favor and and it was tough and i honestly i was just like god how am i gonna get through this but yeah. To me, like all of the that difficulty, I look back on it and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. 
because like for the, all the moments of humiliation, like it brought me humility, yeah. you know, for all the moments of difficulty, it brought me like character. Um, and I see it all as formation at the end of the day. So it's like, wherever we are, like God wants us there because he wants us, wants to form us in some way. Yeah. And our job, my job, as I see it, is just to surrender myself to his will. And that means surrender everything and continue to like, let go so that like hopefully he can get the job done you know yeah. not so good and we when we were up in montreal we did like a little retreat and the main theme of this retreat uh was was going on the adventure and like seeing mary um okay the angel says don't be afraid and then mary receives i'm the handmaid and then she goes in haste and so this kind of idea of <laughs> surrender not being afraid and then going out in haste on this adventure that's going to be up and down and there's going to be suffering and joyful moments and there's going to be you know adventures filled with everything <laughs> and you don't know exactly what's going to come your way but you can't prepare like you can and so all of this all of these things you learn along the way um this is exactly what you said no there's moments of formation like the really low moments i'm i'm being taught something i'm gaining strength i'm going through something difficult and it's making me uh yeah, a better human, a better uh, disciple. And so I I really find it funny sometimes because most of the people that we like look up to or we pay to see or who have done amazing things or like motivational speakers, like they've all been through some sort of trauma. Mm -hmm. Like very few people who are yeah. <laughs> like famous or who we go pay or who like we go to it for advice had like an easy cushy life and they did nothing. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that we like really right. respect and look up to went through horrible things yeah. and they learned something they went through it and they learned and they can offer their wisdom and so for me it's like well why are we hiding from adventure like why why do we want this comfortable life when it really brings us nothing it doesn't bring yeah. us anything good like that's not what we're made for that's not what we're that's not what's going to make us grow or make us happy and so like really diving into this adventure and so i really appreciate you i don't know, saying yes and going on this year and i can't imagine i mean i can picture some of it <laughs> Love just like being in a room and just seeing these because I know Salesians are like, Yeah, yeah, you can handle you it. Can don't do worry it. about it. You can do it. Even saying no, you'd they probably still just were like, Yeah, yeah do it. like slowly walking out the door as you're crying and screaming and like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, to me, like, you know, if our identity is rooted in Christ, like we have a lot of images of Christ that we receive through the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, but what's the central image of Christ that we see every time we walk into a church? It's Christ on the cross. So it's like, if if I say, Lord, I want to be like you, Lord, I want to be like you. And then the image I see is Christ on a cross, like, it's like <laughs> ultimate image of sacrifice, ultimate image of surrender to the father. Yeah. You know, if you like, if you wish to be my disciple, you must like pick up your cross and follow me. Like if we study the gospels, like it's right there. God is telling us all the time, like you will suffer. Yeah. You're going to have to give things up. You're going yeah. to face hardship. Yeah. And all the saints, like the, all the saints faced it. And I think that for me, I think what prevents us is that I think there are like a lot of parts of the world where they can't help but face hardship. Like hardship yeah. is just like part, part of their of day. daily life. Yeah. And what I saw from the kids, I mean, these kids were coming from horrible circumstances, horrible circumstances, never heard a single complaint. Yeah. Like never heard a single, like not a complaint. And yeah. then I, you know, and then I made me think back to, you know, our culture here. And I just think like, we do have so much comfort here. Yeah, We do have so much prosperity that we, that we take for granted, even though how 
I'll be driving through a neighborhood. I'll see how nicely the road is paved. Yeah. And, like, and I'm just like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where are the potholes? Where are the cracks in the side? You know? Um, and so I think that we have an extra obstacle for ourselves as, as like as Catholics living in this country that we, I think we have to understand that like in some ways we're brought up in a culture of comfort yeah, and that we have to recognize ourselves that like, if we wish to follow this Christian path, if we wish to live out the gospel that God is going to, yes. I mean, Pope Benedict XVI, you, you were not made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Like God yeah. is going to lead us onto a comfort onto a path that's not comfortable yeah and he's going to be there every step of the way he's going to give us all the grace we need but that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard yeah but um but yeah i mean i mean like i think i said yes ultimately it wasn't easy i said like no a lot of times but i think i ultimately said yes and i think i still struggle at times to say yes yeah but it is like what amazes me is like for every time i say yes i just feel like god like yeah it's like carried through it and then you get on the other side you're like how did that happen yeah you know uh so good beautiful and i think just yeah maybe to kind of yeah because there's so much that we could we heard from you that is worthy of reflection and beautiful to hear your story but i think if you could offer just maybe some practical things of what you have done or are doing to kind of keep the foundation because it's not something that we could just say you know, Jesus, you're, Lord, you're my Lord and Savior on one day, and then we don't have to do anything else ever again. No, it's like a daily, a daily commitment. Yeah. It's a friendship that we have to nurture, that we have to do things for, that we have to, you know, spend time getting to know, reading scripture, learning, listening, praying, all these kind of things, serving. So maybe just on a practical level, what have you learned over these years? What are you doing now to kind of keep the foundation firm and to keep your identity rooted in Christ? Uh, what are some practical things that you could maybe offer us? it's prayer you know at the end of the day it's just prayer um because in my experience like you know if i had like the times when i had like a daily prayer life i was going to the sacraments going to daily mass going to confession you know getting going to adoration um making my prayer life a priority like god did the rest of the work like he he communicated he basically you know he made the invitation um so the best thing that we can do, I think, is just to, you know, go to him in prayer. And like the thing is, I think it's also important, like Vicky, like you were saying, um, kind of, I guess, my relationship to God. Like, I think a lot of I found my relationship to God through a kind of wrestling with God, to be honest, um, you know, being really honest about where I was at, um, you know, whatever anger I had towards God, whether whatever kind of sorrow or wounds I had. Um, I think I spent a long time bringing all that to him in prayer. And I think what, when I came out of it, I felt like I had a more like intimate knowledge of God. And I felt like I had let him in like intimately. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me like that then kind of created a, a foundation of trust so that in these other moments when I was like going to be an SLM or being an SLM and having to do things where I was like, I... I'm so confused. I don't know if I can do this, God. Mm-hmm. It gave me that foundation of trust to say, okay, God, I, I trust you. You know, um, I'll do it. But again, I think that all comes from prayer because um, that's where we find our relationship with God. That's where we find our trust in him. Um, and um, and yeah, that's just like, that's where we find everything. Yeah. Um, and then through that, 
grace comes and then leads us, you know, then God takes the reins basically. Yeah. yeah. And if you could just maybe, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but just like, what does one day look like you? What, what does one day look like for you or what, what is one day that you, maybe you're not consistent or maybe you have ups and downs or whatever, but what would you want one day of prayer of like, if you could say this is in my reality, I'm a young person, I'm trying to figure out my life, I'm working, I'm living at home, whatever. What does one day look like of not like when you get up and stuff, but like your prayer schedule, like what is, what works for you when it, uh, when it comes to prayer? I mean, honestly, I think what's worked for me, um, and obviously this, this differs for everyone, but right. just getting up and basically first in the morning, like going to daily mass, yeah. um, you know, just going over and having that time and receiving Christ. If I have more time, like then after that, like, you know, I, I think like for me, like the most important thing is to, what I like to do is I like to find some time where I can do some sort of structured form of prayer, like whether it's the rosary or the um, chapel of divine mercy, or whether it's going to mass. Um, and then after that, spending like another 10, 15, 20 minutes in private prayer, you know, just like speaking to God. And I think it's to me, like the structured form of prayer, the sacraments, like in a way it like prepares us so that we can then have that interior silence to you know, to really speak to God, share with him what's going on. Um, and be, and it's important because I think that that structured form of prayer will often, it won't always look the same, but it's, it is structured. But that interior silence, that private form of prayer, it's always different. You know, there are times in which I'm really speaking to God, I'm getting everything on my, off my heart, it's on my mind. And then there are other times where it's like, no, like, I, God, I just feel like you, I just want to listen, yeah. you know. Um, and so I think it's important to try and have both, you know, but, um, whatever we can find that like cultivates that interior silence, um, I think is really important. And I think especially for us as young people, because we have a lot of desires, we have a lot of distractions and, um, the onus is on us, I think to the thing is like, if we bring ourselves to that place of interior silence, we cut off the distractions. If we do what we have to do to get ourselves there, obviously it's all through the grace of God still. But if we take that step, I truly think God is going to do the rest of the work. Yeah. You know, like we're not a, we're not like a, a, a faith of I work my way to salvation. No, like we're yeah. a faith of God saves me. So, and I think I didn't truly understand that until I started having a prayer life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, yeah, good challenge for all of us. Um, but I, I love that. And I love that because I see it also the big change in my life when that, when that started, when I started having those moments of structured prayer, when I learned how to pray the rosary and I was starting to go to mass and like reading scripture and everything. But then all of that led eventually, it wasn't enough. Like I needed to then move to actual silence. And, you know, the moment I started doing daily meditation of silent meditation was like a game changer for me in my discernment in my life. And now, okay, I've been a priest for two years and I know the times when I let those things slip. Um, those are the moments where I'm like, I struggle the most or I'm the most anxious or the most confused or fearful or whatever. But when yeah. I'm, when I'm in it, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, right. It's uh, like, I'm ready to go on the adventure. Like uh, it doesn't matter what comes. So, um, so good. Awesome. Amen. Yeah, really. So really, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank Thanks for yeah, spending this time with us and sharing your story. And hopefully this won't be the last uh, 
we would love to go into some more detail about the your experience down there as an SLM and uh, get uh, but yeah, so appreciate it. Yeah. No, thank you guys. Honestly, this has been freaking awesome. <laughs> but it's not over yet. Not over quite yet it's because not. you know if you've if you've really listened to the podcast, yeah. what happens? What happens at the end? This yeah. is the test. <laughs> wait what happens um, just think about what every guest has to do wait but you guys asked the questions to me at the beginning of the podcast you're gonna ask them now at the end no, no sir no sir oh oh are you guys gonna ask me to take us on a prayer yes yes you uh, win good job you you passed the test you're in, you're in a top four listener category <laughs> you've made it My to the Spotify top percentage. yep you're number four yeah uh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't mind just praying for us, praying with us. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for all the blessings that you pour out upon our lives. Thank you for the ways that uh, you make yourself known to us, that we might become rooted in you, Lord, and we might find ourselves in your image, and we might conform ourselves to your image. Lord, I just ask that. Um, as we continue to lead our daily lives and and seek you, that we'll always remain open to your will and model ourselves after you, Lord Jesus, surrendering ourselves to God the Father, being temples of the Holy Spirit, and Lord, just living our lives without fear, knowing that you are always with us and you're always protecting us, Lord. So I just thank you for all this. and. Um, just thank you. Jesus' amen. name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Man, amen. I love I love hearing a closeout prayer, but uh <laughs> but most especially when we're talking about someone's prayer life and then you get to hear a little bit yeah. of like what their prayer looks like. So thanks, Tim. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Like Just all right, you've been talking like, about it a lot. actually do it. It's like a little window into uh personal prayer time. So thanks. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, everyone. This has been Personal Prayer Time with Tim Hughes. Tim Hughes. <laughs> new segment, number two. You just, you're just uh, full of ideas over there. Got the new That's merch. So got the new, you know, Prayer Time. Love it. Love it. Hey, you know, we'll know, have a new app. Come over if you need an idea. I, yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> He's your guy. Idea man. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Thank you. thank you so much. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Keep going with this Advent series. Thank and, uh, yeah, week three, again, if you haven't done anything yet for Advent, if There's you're time. just starting Advent and you're late, it's okay. Yeah. Better late than never. There's but... hope in the waiting from Tim from St. Paul. Amen. Let's get it. He listens. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we don't prepare. We need to prepare. It's like really hard to really receive and to, to see the beauty of Christmas and the incarnation and everything that God wants to pour out on us. Uh, if we don't prepare, it's hard to receive. So... Uh, yeah, real encouragement for everybody. Keep going. Don't wait till next year. Yeah, do yeah. it now. But thanks do it to, now. Do it now. Uh-oh. And we'll uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks everybody. God bless. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye, Amy.